time for the SBL shoot around, and we got the women's competition covered with Giants all-time great and two-time coach of the year, Randy McGill, joining Chris Pike for all the latest news, analysis, and interviews. Let's go on another SBL shoot around. Hello and welcome to another episode of Women's SBL Shootaround. We made it through our first show, Randy, so we're back here for a second, so hopefully that means we've done something right. We've also got an exciting announcement to make of another another avenue that you can l- listen to this show on, so hopefully some that means that some people have been listening and like what they've heard. We've got our very first guest, and he's a former teammate of yours. He's a grand final coach, both in the men's and women's SBL. He's a championship-winning player in the SBL, so we've decided to go right to the top when we've gone for a guest on our on our women's SBL shoot-around journey. But that's enough from me. I'm Chris Pike, your co-host. Randy Meagle, Goldfields Giants legend, two-time SBL coach of the year, two-time grand final coach at the Mandurah Magic. He's the man you want to hear from. Randy, welcome back. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, welcome welcome back, everyone, for our second show. Yeah, we got a, some good feedback, I think, from, from our first, first show, which was, um, you know, where we spoke a, a lot about myself. But, um, you know, that's not what we're here for. We want to bring other people on to, to listen to them and, and their stories. And uh, I decided to give Dion a call. He's a former teammate. And, you know, I was quite interested in um, speaking to him about the, the, the Senators from last year's championship run. And, uh, you know, I was sort of really interested in watching how they how they went about it. Yeah, Dion D'Agostino is the man that we're talking about as our guest here on SBL Shootaround. Now, unfortunately, Randy, between the two of you, you've had five losing grand finals as coaches. Is that something you'll be bringing up later on? Nah, probably not, <laughs> but uh, we made it there and, you <laughs> <Exactly>. know, <laughs> other teams wish they could have got there as well. So, no, we don't talk about that stuff. <laughs> um, you're a teammate of his at the Goldfields Giants for a season as well. So we're going to speak to him in the second segment on this show. So when that gets a bit closer, I want to I want to get get your thoughts on a little bit more about Dion and then we'll have a chat to him and, and more importantly, see if his voice can hold up for, for a whole interview. That's probably going to be the biggest challenge. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's his voice is uh, particularly after a game. Mm. I, I guess when you've interviewed him and yeah. that's the last time I spoke to him, he was he was a bit struggling a bit there. <laughs> it broke up. So. No, but we're really looking forward to hearing from Dion. We couldn't have asked for, for a better first guest here on our second show of SBL Shootaround. Now, feedback-wise, Randy, when you when you got back home and, and the show had been dropped um, from your wife or, or your daughter or your son or whoever else listened, what sort of feedback did you get? Yeah, good. People were um, sort of come across well and were interested in the content and got a, quite a few text messages. And, you know, I responded to most people and told them I was doing this podcast and trying to get some support, you know, obviously for the women's SBL. And, you know, we're still looking for some sponsors to help out here. Um, I spoke to a few people during the week. And they'll be listening to to this podcast, so we need to do a good job, Chris, um, which we will. So yeah, just looking forward to to the next segment. Yeah, and from talking to you last week, I I learned a lot about your basketball journey that I I didn't know. And I mean, considering it's a thirty five year plus journey, there was a lot for us to cover. Was there anyone was anyone surprised about anything that they did learn about about you? Did, what did, was oh, was there things that your family learned that they they didn't? No, know? no, no one mentioned anything actually. Um, maybe uh, when we get into it a little bit more, mm-hmm. I think we just need to get it out there a little bit more, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then people will, yeah. you know, obviously download the previous. Uh, 
segments and they well, can have, they always, can have a listen yeah, then. So. It, it's absolutely still there to, to go back and listen to if you if you did miss last week's show. Now the big announcement I was referring to as well. If you don't want, if you can't or you don't have access to listening to us through through the podcast, ninety one point three Sport FM has come on board and they're they're dedicating their Thursday nights to to SBL Shoot Around nights. So they're going to play both this women's show from eight pm and then the men's SBL Shoot Around show with Ben Etridge from from nine pm. Um, so anyone that's near a radio, you can listen on 91.3 on the FM dial at sportfm.com.au you can listen to it to it live there um could open us up to a whole new audience as well, Randy. Yeah, I, I mean, I travel from Mandra to Canningvale, you know, every day for work, uh, Monday to Friday, and you know, I've sort of switched over there yeah. quite often and listen to the to the footy talk back and that with yeah. with Scotty Cummings and a few other special guests and really enjoyed it. So I'm I'm sure they'll do a real good job and yeah, hopefully get a lot of people listening. Yeah, really appreciate them being willing to back us in here on SBL Shoot Around. Now we're a week on from our first show. Last week we talked a little bit about what we might end up seeing from a basketball sense this year. Now, I I think Dion might have some breaking news for us, which I don't know if it's been made public yet, but he's got some news for us later on of some sort of a competition that he's still preparing his Warwick Senators team for. What do you know about what might still happen and what are you expecting to see in 2020 still? Yeah, Dion um, did say he'd mentioned something to us. Um, yeah, I haven't heard I haven't heard too much more. Um, maybe there's a few rumours about some three-on-three basketball yep. uh, happening uh, along the way, which, you know, once again, any sort of basketball is is, is good. Mm. Yeah, it, it looks like from a, B, from a BWA sense, the three three x three basketball is what they might be focusing on. Um, do you see that as a positive? And I guess from a logistical point of view, if we're still under some sort of restrictions, having a lot less people needing to be involved would make that probably a lot easier to, to run. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know whether they'd be able to do it in a club club sense, and yeah. you'd have the social distancing uh, measures in place. I suppose that's why they're thinking of the three on three, less cost. I guess you know. So it, it would it would work if if if. People wanted it at work. It yeah. would definitely be a good concept. And I guess to have Greg High, who's almost become the face of three x three basketball in Australia, having you know won the Asia Cup, gone to the World Cup with with the Australian national team, um, having him here in WA pushing the cause, that's probably not not hurting its chances of getting up and running either. Yeah, I think with Greg backing, um, that would be great. I mean, he's he he's whatever he seems to get involved in is successful. So yeah, it's a pretty good yeah. pretty good guy to have on board. Now, one thing we didn't talk about when we did our our in-depth chat with you last week, Randy, was go through the losing grand finals. And I said we would save them for another day. And I thought we might save them one per episode. And it only makes sense this week for us to talk about your grand final loss in 1995 to the Southwest Slammers when you were at the Goldfields Giants. And it makes sense because one of your teammates in that team was Dion D'Agostino, who we're about to speak to. Now, it was a it was a three-game series back then as well. So it wasn't a one-off grand final. That's correct. Um, tell, me, tell me your memories of of those grand final games and anyone that listened to the men's SBL shoot around last last week would have heard James Fitch um, from the Southwest Slammers who obviously was part of that team that got the better of you. Yeah, he most definitely was a part of that team. Um, my memories were it was a physical encounter. Mm. Um, stadium was obviously packed full of Bunbury supporters and yep. Kalgoorlie supporters. So where, where did you play both games? We played them at Claremont. 
What's the stadium in Mount Claremont? A Challenge Stadium. A Challenge Stadium. Thank you. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I had a little bit of a mental blank there. Yeah, Challenge Stadium. So, yeah, different environment there. Mm -hmm. Um, Remember the referee, um, Peter Lucas, mentioning something in in the Western Australian about how physical that Mm. series was. And, um, you know, he is obviously an NBL referee for a lot of years. And that, I can still remember that at the time. Game one, uh, the Slammers were way better than us. I was quite disappointed with the way we played. I thought the boys were quite selfish. A lot of the guys were in it for themselves and are reflected in our in our gameplay. So we were lucky enough, you know, to have another crack at it. Yep. And with a Game 3 series, went back to Kalgoorlie and spoke about a few things, come back, and we played really well. And, you know, we got beaten on the buzzer. I think it was 90, maybe 90 all. And um, Steve Branch hit a, hit a shot, you know, just over the halfway line or yep. between the three-point line to, to bury us. Wow. So, hmm. Um that's an incredible way to lose. Yeah, it is. I had a grand it final is. series. It is, yeah. Um, at that point, did you just naturally imagine that you'd get another crack? And as it turned out, that was your only SBL grand final as a, as a player? Yeah, I did think, think that we were good enough to have another crack. And like I think I mentioned in the previous episode, uh, the following year, 96, we got right through to mm. sort of game three of the semifinals yeah. in Geraldton. So yeah. that was probably, um, you know, one of our... I, th- I think that team uh, individually were better than our 95 side, but our, um, we couldn't get there, got beaten by a better team in, in the Bucks. Now, one addition to that 1995 team was... Dion D'Agostino. Yes. Um, you spent a couple of years already playing against him when he was at the Perry Lakes Hawks, and as he'll tell us about later, he had just won a championship with the Hawks in 1994. Um, what sort of an impact did he have coming into into the Giants? Yeah, I think Dion fitted in quite well. He a good, good, was a good team member. He had a very good uh, set shot. He was a good good jump shooter. You know, on his night, he could knock down, you know, multiple um, threes. And he was a good fit for us because we needed a little bit of height. He, he come off the bench and we used him in whatever position we need. He could play sort of from the three, four, five position. So, yeah, he was, he was really good um, for us in that season. When you were playing with him 25 years ago, could you ever imagine he would be now coaching a women's SBL team? No, that's why I was so interested, you know. Um, it's always good to see ex-teammates around and, you know, I run into him at Sterling and, I, and that's that's why I wanted to get Dion on, just to see what had motivated him to get into the into the coaching role. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got a he's got a remarkable coaching resume, so I'll, I'll run through some of it now and then we'll head into our second segment and we'll speak to Dion, but... 268 SBL games spread out between 1992 and 2008. Most of those at the Perry Lakes Hawks. So he had he had a three-year stint with the Hawks before he did in, indeed go up to the Giants for 1995. Then he came back to the Perry Lakes Hawks for for another 110 games between 96 and 2001. And then he spent a season up at the Joondalup Wolves, which we might have a chance to ask him about an, another time. Just just what led to to that decision. Um, and then he came back to finish off his career with three more years. At at the at the Hawks, and then he moved straight into into coaching Perry Lakes for three years, reaching two grand finals. And it'll it'll be fascinating to ask him about how much it hurt when I guess the club that he loved so dearly didn't want him to keep coaching after after that second grand final loss, and after a bit of an absence from the league for seven years, he was back involved in the SBL last year, coaching the Warwick Senators, took them to a grand final, did a did a tremendous job, I think, despite how grand final night turned out. So plenty there for us to talk to him about. Yeah, that's sort of looking at, you know, the resume. And then I suppose the the seven-year break is probably something similar to me. It's almost like he's focused on his children and, and, and his work and and, uh, and his girl, Roxy's obviously got back into it, and which has got him interested and, and got him coaching again. 
Okay, here we are on SBL Shootaround, a second ever show here, Randy, and now for our first ever guest. And we've gone for, for a great of the SBL, both in the women's and the men's SBL, for what he did as a player and now as a coach. He's started pretty well. You don't get too much better than going into a grand final in your first year as a coach, as he did last year at the Warwick Senators. So, Dion D'Agostino's joined us here on SBL Shootaround. How do we find you this evening, Dion? Yeah, cool. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Look forward to having a chat to Randy. Yeah, well, um, thought it would be good to have a chat to you. It's always good seeing former teammates around, and we caught up with each other down at uh, Warwick probably last year, and uh, I've been following, yep. uh, following your progress last year, mate, and it was an awesome season. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, we got through pretty well. Um, got fairly belted in the grand final, but we got there to whinge about it. <laughs> um, start off with a few questions, mate. Obviously, we played together for one season. I just wanted to know the reasons you were went to Kalgoorlie in in '95 and why you only lasted for '95. Is there something I don't know about? Yeah, um, you guys have defended me the whole time. I didn't like the team. No, <laughs> no it, was, it was um no mainly went because '94 we won the grand final um with Perry Lake and I was living at home. You know, being a young young upstart male in the house with dad and we were working together at the time and it was a bit of okay i need to move out or we're going to kill each other <laughs> and richard kempton sir richard of kempton as we like to call him he was going to kagoolie for a visit and i tagged along and was lucky enough to make elf Caputo. Oh. um the first day i got there and elf said um you look tall do you play and i said yeah and he goes i started chatting and ended up yeah having a year in kagoolie and living with Winterbine, living with Kempton, and had an awesome year, and I suppose that was the main reason of going. And then um, I don't really recall the reasons why I came back. It was not um, it was not a negative of, I don't like this place anymore, I want to go. I don't know, it's just, so I think typical me, I woke up and I thought, it's time to go home. Yep, got something in your in in your head, and they just wanted to move on. But yeah, it's good good memories, and um, yeah, obviously a, a good successful season without getting the the, the cup. But um, yeah, so I do still have nightmares because we lost that game too. Their centre hit a three pointer on me on the buzzer about two <laughs> metres out. Yeah, I know it was a nightmare. And, and and I fouled him. I stuck my hands in his face. I didn't call it. <laughs> So it could have been more embarrassing. Oh dear. Um, Dion, just a couple other questions getting away from the the, the Kalgoorlie. You played in, in some great uh, Perry Lakes Hawks teams with, with success. Um want to mention a few of the, the good players you played with or you know some stories you can tell us uh, regarding those championships that you, you played in. Yeah, look, it was... Um, so, so 94 was probably the biggest, the most exciting one because we were all... Well, we were all 2021. We had... Um, you know, CJ Bruton coming off the bench. Um, Ryan Gardner, the starting point guard, and his brother Heath got injured during the year, which threw Ryan and CJ into the deep end. Um, they both obviously flourished. Um, we had Scott Harkis, who came out of AIS. We had Chris Carroll, who was you know, Australian junior teams. We had Pete Hansen, and what everybody forgets that year, we had this guy Andy Upoff, who was the most unusual thing I've seen. He rocked first training. Everyone's like, who's this guy? He was old, skinny, chewing tobacco. <laughs> and we're just like, what is this? <laughs> and he ended up, in the first six, eight weeks was a mess. And then he ended up averaging the same stat, maybe even a bit better than Hanson did. And he was, he was incredible. If I remember correctly, uh, Dion Hinks CJ was possibly only 16 or 17 at the time. Would that be correct? Well, it was 90, it was 94. So I was born in 74, I think CJ's born in, CJ and Ryan are born 
75. So I think they were 19. I think they were 18, 19. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're only, uh, I think they're only a year younger than me. Yeah, very, very young squad. And now just to mention also, you had a, a long, long-standing coach in John Gardner. What sort of uh, influence was he um, in both your playing career and uh, your coaching? Did he, did some of his... Oh, stuff? look, he was, yeah, look, he was amazing. I was sort of lucky enough to have him from when I was, you know, 16 through to when I finished playing at God knows whatever age. And um, I think a lot of clubs make massive mistakes now trying to jump around coaches and think it's going to change anything. Um, I think that was a good era proof to show you stick with a single, stick with a good routine. I like it or lump it. It's consistent and it wins games. And yeah, he was on and off the court. Awesome. Yeah. Best mates with all his sons. They've been like sort of family growing up. So yeah, I've worked, worked now with Ryan Gardner. So no, he was, he's been amazing. And coaching wise, look, he kept it simple and that's been my attitude with everything. Now, you did, did a great job immediately when you took over as coach at the Hawks as well. Got to two grand finals in those three years. But then you had a big yeah. absence from, from the league before you came back last year. Um, did you start to miss being involved at SBL level? What brought you back into the league last year? And what, what saw you, I guess, end up taking over the, the women's team at the Senators? Oh, uh, look, I left Perry Lakes, you know, ideally probably... Well, look, to be blunt, it was a, it was a shit way to leave a club that I'd been there for since I was six or seven, and my dad is the longest-serving president um, of the club. Um, yeah, the, when I left, unfortunately, you know, all the boys left. We had Trent Maker helping. We had Phil Doherty, Marcus Bardell. We had Ryan Heath. We had all those guys would all get involved. And and when they sort of didn't want me back as such, then it, they lost a massive part of what we thought the culture of the club was and had some massive down years. And look, after that, I didn't want to be involved. Um, in a lot of sport because my heart was in that club so it was pretty mm. pretty disappointing how it ended and I just didn't want to be involved I didn't do anything for years and then my daughter started playing and we were living north so it was either sort of Wanneroo or Sterling and um, I think Sterling's come a long way from I think Randy when we used to play them um, mm. so no it was good we went down there my daughter started playing assistant coached and then we were we used to our girls would, young girls would train next to the SPL team, sorry, the WSPL team. We'd always watch and Sally, who was Roxy's coach, was assistant with them and we'd have some chats about it. And then she said, Oh, they're, they're looking for a coach. I was like, Yeah, look, I'm here. I might as well do what I don't mind doing it. And, um, yeah, went for it. Got Marcus, Marcus Bardil on board to, um, assistant coach. And then we went through the application and Sally jumped back on board and talked to Mel McLuhan to helping out and, but yeah, let's give it a go. And still, gave us a crack. Yeah, just just by you saying with um, with John keeping it simple, I remember talking to you after a game and coming out a chat to you with you, and I said to you, God, you've given these girls a lot of confidence um, out there on the floor. Um, I think you, the squad that you you took over from were were quite good, but you just um, seemed to give them the green light and. Um, like you say, keep it simple, and they they really uh, responded to your coaching, and probably the the one that responded the most was Stacey Barr. Can you give us a bit of uh, feedback on Stacey, mate? Yeah, look, um, I think the best thing with Stacey I found is let her do what she wants. Far easier. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Stacey, you just do whatever you want. No, um, look, she's been great. She's really helpful at training. When she's up, the girls are up. Um, she can turn a game around. I think it was only one time I had to get a fight up, and I think it was against Lakeside at home. And as I say, she needed to start playing. 
Um, and she came out and went crazy in the second half. But otherwise, no, she's self-regulating. She looks after herself. She's she's a step above. Um, probably one of the better girls I've seen not play WNBL. But, yeah, she's, she's fantastic. Great to have her out. All the girls love her. She's great with the young ones. Um, teaches everyone how to play. Good understanding for the game. Hey, look, she deserved to be MVP last year and hopefully get another one. Then you'd added Michaela Dyer to that backcourt for this season as well. How excited were you to, to see her and Stacey together and how how hopeful are you of still seeing it at some point, whether it's you know in some form later this year or, or next year? Yeah, look, we will see them together this year. Um, that's going to be, mm-hmm. no doubt, awesome. Like number one and number two scorers from last year. That um, mm-hmm. Yeah, look, that's everyone's going to want that. And it made us really careful about who we chose as an import because I didn't want an import to come in and take as many shots as those two because there's not that many shots around. So <laughs> yeah. we had to be careful of that. Yeah, um, Dion, you were just saying that you were shooting off to training, mate. What what training was that you were off to? Uh, well, SBL, SBL, 6 o'clock, we're on. Doing our 50-minute 50 50 minute session. Yep. So, yeah, so we, we can do one session a week. So we're, um, we've been doing Thursdays, I think 50 minutes. So we're 6 to 6.50 and, yeah, just getting up and down the court, getting the girls through some through some gear, but I found out today a lot of the teams haven't got on court yet. I thought it was pretty standard, but um, apparently mm. there's a bunch of teams that haven't even started. Started, yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. What's your what's your feel about the, um, what's going to happen moving forward with the SBL? Yeah. Oh, I think it's terrible how they announced it. Like there is, well, as far as we know, there's a competition starting 18th, 19th of July. It's a nine week, nine week tournament with 11 games and top four finals. So it's crazy they've made this massive announcement. There's no SPL. It's not SPL, but it's, a, it's pretty much SPL with no imports. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's been really badly publicised. Um, everyone keeps coming to me and going, oh, there's no SPL. Well, the only thing we don't have is is our import. Otherwise, we're the same team. Yeah, you're ready to go. So do you have most of your girls there at the moment? Uh, maybe apart from your imports, have you pretty much got your full team together? Yeah, we've got, well, we had, um, so Mac was one of our imports. So the only ones, yeah. we've got our full team other than our import who didn't end up flying out. So we have our mm-hmm. full contingent. We've also got Katie Jones here because she came back from college. From college yeah. So, yeah, so she's here, but we've got, yeah, we've got the full team. So girls, I'd love to get some games while we've got our full bunch here. How tough is it going to be for, for, for Michaela to not be able to play even though she's here? No, she, well, apparently she can play. So apparently okay. the ruling is that the word is that the um the SPL won't be if there's if someone's here, they can play. So there's no restricted okay. or unrestricted list, so we've been told. So if you're here, you can play. Because obviously no one can get imports in. But if you're already here um through any sort of visa or relationship visa, then you're good to go. Now just quickly, I wanted to ask you about your your boomerang business. Obviously, it's providing people with basketball courts and rings all across WA. During this whole yeah. COVID-19 thing, did you find a boost? Were, were more people trying to get a basketball set up in their, in their house given everyone was forced to stay at home? Yeah, it was. It was um, we didn't see it coming. We thought, oh, no, what's going to happen here? And, and uh, we, were, we were super busy. We, um, pretty much, we only had just enough stock to get through. We sold out of all our portables. But no, it was, it was consistent. It wasn't crazy boom, but it was but it was good, yeah. Everyone wanted to. Kids obviously stuck at home. Everyone wanted to hoop, and a lot of the sports stores were running out. So no, it was really good. So it worked out okay. Dion, we're going to let you go now, mate, because you've got to get to training, and the girls will probably have you running suicides. So <laughs> yes, exactly. Or some other. No, well, good chat. Thanks for thanks for doing it, and um, yeah, keep in touch anytime during the season if you want to have a chat.
No, we will do that for sure. Just very quickly, Dion, tell me yeah. a story about Randy from from that season at the Goldfields Giants. I don't think I've got any stories that I can repeat on on the air. I don't think it's appropriate. <laughs> um, Clean cut. Guy. No, that, that might be another time. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> we, we might have an might have an after dark episode, and and you can let loose. <laughs> yeah, no, sounds good. All right, mate. Thanks, Dion. Appreciate chatting. it. Okay, Randy, big thank you there to Dion D'Agostino. We could have spoken to him for a lot longer, but he had a training session to get to, and very interesting the news that he revealed to us that he knows about a competition that's going to be starting up in July that we have no, no idea about, but hopefully he's preparing for something that's real. Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable, isn't it, the news <laughs> yeah. he's given us. Adam Bowler, you speak to Adam regularly, and mm. so he knows everything, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. So um, the fact that imports can play if they're here, that's going to give some clubs a massive advantage, and if your club that right now doesn't have an import that's in the country... I think you might struggle. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the same, that the news that um, Michaela's there and, you know, the, I'd say the Wolves would be similar with uh, Kayla Steindl if she's up and about and, you know, I mean, Amber Land's been here for a long time, but those sort of teams, yeah, they've definitely got an advantage for sure. Now, um, you organised that chat with Dion. He was our first interview subject. Did he, did he deliver everything that you, ho- you hoped he would? Yeah, he's pretty blunt and straight to it. He's definitely got a um, head for radio, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Um, so, but Dion's up front, and you know, it would have been good to talk for a little bit longer. We just caught him just at the wrong time, unfortunately. But um, yeah, uh, he everyone knows who Dion is. He's around the league, either love him or hate him. You only have to have a look at his his record, both playing and coaching, mm. and you know, it's it's outstanding. Yeah, it is. The fact that he he talked about that Perry Lakes team in 94 that had CJ Bruton, who went on to become an NBL legend and, a, and an Australian Boomers legend, the fact that he was coming off the bench on an SBL team, that, that to me is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it would have been interesting because I, I, me- I can remember playing against CJ and the, and, and the Gardner boys. I would, I would have thought that maybe Ryan and Heath were starting maybe at that time. I just can't recall. But what a you know fantastic player to look down the bench and you've got CJ Bruton there because yeah. he was definitely going to make something happen or spark the team. Yeah. So, yeah. Tough to hear Dion talk about the way things ended at Perry Lakes for him as well because because of his history with the club as a player and then as a coach and, and he hasn't been back to the club since then and based on the way he was talking then it's probably hard to imagine he'll ever go back to the club in, in any sort of sense. Um, can you understand where he's coming from, how much that would hurt for a club that is such a big part of your your heart to tell you that you, they don't want you to coach anymore? Yeah, amazing. I didn't know that at all, you know, until I until I heard that. And, yeah, he, Dion mentioned that his father was president for 43 years. I mean, 43 <laughs> yeah. years is, is a lifetime, you know, and yeah. to be at the stadium, you know, and run that whole, uh, whole organisation. And then, you know, something's obviously, you know, happened between mm-hmm. someone somewhere. But it is disappointing when, you know, families or players of that caliber and coaches of that caliber probably you know dealt that news mm. and it obviously wasn't done in the way that Dion wanted it done if that happened to you at the Giants after your two years coaching you left on your own terms because you were leaving Kalgoorlie um what if it stung you if you were told that you were no longer wanted instead of I guess making the choice yourself yeah, I would have been really pissed off. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, <clears throat> I don't think anyone would. You put your heart and soul into to clubs, you know. Um, you love it and you do things, you know, outside of the, the, the club as well, you know, whether it's fundraising or whatever it might be, promoting the game and, and that. So I think, yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't have went, went well with me either. Very good. Thanks to Dion again for being our first ever interview here on SBL Street Around. Hopefully you, you all enjoyed it. We'll keep moving because there's plenty more to cover, but we look forward to having some very special guests and we will announce our next week's guests before the end of this show as well. So thanks to Dion and, and thanks Randy for, for having a chat to him. 
Okay, back here on SBL Shoot Around Randy, and we'll we'll try to keep things interesting after that chat with Dion. And it sounds like we still will have some sort of a season to to preview. But what we decided to do is break things up into four of the teams. So over the next three weeks, we'll have a look at how four of the teams were looking for this SBL season. Give give a bit of an update on some of their ins and outs, and then give our thoughts on how we thought they might have performed. So we'll do our first four teams on this week's show, and starting starting with the Coburn Cougars, the new coach Tyrone Thwaites. Um, interesting that. Almost appointed himself, which I don't know how that goes, but he's he's got a pretty good background at coaching juniors as well, and he seems to know his stuff. So that's not to say he can't coach, but when you're the general man- manager and appointing yourself as a coach, I think that immediately puts a target on your back. So I'm sure he's capable of handling that. But yeah, I mean, interesting. I mean, they lost Keisha Lee from last year, but she did leave before the season finished last year. I think she was didn't quite fit in how they hoped. So that's not so much of a loss. Vanessa Michael went down to the Slammers. But yeah, I, I guess a lot of how they performed was going to depend on their imports. Alex Whittinger was one that they'd signed. And, and, and Talia Feo, who's a WNBL player, would have been a pretty handy pickup as well. And Jesse Cooper, obviously looking for a bit more Minutes coming up from the Rockingham Flames. They went five and seventeen last year. How do you think the Cougars were shaping up? Yeah, um, I think I've seen Tyrone coach juniors, and yeah, yeah. he's got a he's got a lot of energy. Which, um, if you looked through the ins there with Fiji Cooper and the two Burke girls who are from Calgary um, from Geraldton, yeah, I think that's good for a young squad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they would have been energetic, and you know, every game they would have been up and about. But I, I just think they possibly don't look like they got a lot of height um so i'm gonna say maybe ninth or tenth depending on what their their import would be like but it looks like tyrone's there for the long haul and Mm. you know he's trying to build a a, a base of juniors up and and bring them through yeah i think they they were bringing back their their second import from from last season as well who arrived mid-season i think elena hartman was coming back as well whether or not she's now coming back for this this new competition i'm not sure but yeah the positive out of, I guess, being the general manager of the club and the coach is the fact that you're fully invested in everything that the club does and yeah. and you can't doubt your passion because how you perform as a coach directly affects you in your other job. So from from that sense, you know that your coach is going to be 100% invested. So there's positives and, I guess, negatives out of out of that situation. Yeah, well, bringing, if Hartman was coming back, I didn't see her name there, but uh, mm. she's obviously a scorer and Woody Jim would have been a scorer. So he was putting the pieces uh, around uh, around those two. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Tyrone would have had a lot of pressure on him, but he's obviously up for, the, up for it. Yeah. East Perth Eagles. Winning games hasn't been the order of the day there in, in recent years. They, they did break through for one win last year, um, which was a remarkable win against the the Willerton Tigers, which I'm sure Simon Piker doesn't want us to remind him about too often, but um, they haven't won too many games in recent years. But they've now got a new coach, Blake Blake Stradev, or Stardev, Starev. I'll let you have a go at pronouncing it. Even if his name is hard to pronounce, he's he's earned his, his opportunity as a coach. He's done a, a pretty long apprenticeship and done a lot of good coaching work. So I have no doubt he would have been a really good fit for, for the long haul and still will be because... They, they need somebody to rebuild this club from, from the ground up, and I think he's probably a very good man to do it. And signing-wise, um, they, they got Sarah Dickey as, a, as an import, but BJ Moyes is the one that stands out coming off her, her knee reconstruction last year. She's had made the move from, from, from Coburn, and, and she, she's good enough to be an import in this league when she's, she's fully healthy. So she would have been able to run that group. He's added a lot of new names there, so they would have been a very much a, a brand-new-looking looking team. Hard to know how you go when you're rebuilding, but I guess the signs are there and were there that they would have been been improved. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, with Blake's appointment is um, is a good one. You know, Blake's with Aussie prospects. He's got a lot of contacts mm. through the through the girls, so he would have you know contacted a lot of girls to get on board. You know, he's brought a lot of, of younger girls in. I'm just looking through the list now. I think with BJ Moyes, she would become the leader of that yeah. team for sure, which is something they probably ha- have missed. Is mm-hmm. a senior leader um, who's got some respect. It's Sarah Dickey. Um, you know, that's a, an early signing I think by mm. the Eagles, so that's a positive positive yeah. so I'd say same sort of thing I think the energy would have been there with this side and you know probably just missing out on 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 the eighth maybe ninth or tenth but they definitely would be winning more than one game yeah 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 I, I think they're starting to head in, in the right direction now so that's 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 exciting because things have been really tough for their women's program for a number of years and that's you know I don't think that's anything to do with what ten, Tanya Fisher has done I think she did what she could with what she was was given to work with. It was just it's just been a tough situation for their women's team in in recent years, and probably not great for the whole competition as a whole to have a club that was you know so non-competitive so often. Was it was it tough to play against against them as a as the coach of the Magic? Oh, you always had to make sure that you're mentally prepared. You know that was the biggest thing, and um, you know it wasn't the greatest stadium to go into. The lighting was really poor. Yeah, you know, the, the Mirabooka Stadium is much better. I don't know if you've had a look. I, at I it. think that you know that's a real plus for yeah. for East Perth. You know, um, the lighting was poor. There wasn't a big crowd. Um, you know, for for us at Mandra, it was quite a a drive. So you know that was the thing we always focused on um, is trying to be mentally prepared and 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 make sure you hit the ground running mm. because. Anything can happen on any night, as as Simon's yeah, found out. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and it, I think it ended up costing him home court advantage in the series against the Senators too. So it, it proved proved pretty costly. Yeah. Um, Joondalup Wolves. Charles Nix in his second season as coach now. For a lot of last year, they looked like being, being the team to beat. But then all of a sudden, you know, around the halfway mark, they lost lost Kayla Steindl, they lost, they lost Amy Kidner, and they could never quite get the momentum back. And then they lost lost in two games of the quarterfinals to the Perry Lakes Hawks. But Gee, every every sign suggested that, as you touched on last week, that they were going to be the team to beat. They'd added Brittany Hodges, who'd come up from from the Slammers. Dinda was going to be back. Um, Johnny Caldwell, you know, a lot of us will know her as Amos, was coming back as well. They'd added a couple from the Perth Redbacks, Alex Haywood and Nashaya Williams, who still, in my mind, she's still one of the most talented, I think, 20-year-olds in the country, not just in, in WA. So she would have been a hell of a pickup. And Hannah King, who we talked about as well from 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 Calamunda, she would have been someone that could have could have played an important role too as a, as a big who could have gave gave some backup minutes to to, to Land and Seindl and, and Hodges. To me, that looks like a stronger roster than they had last year, and already that was something pretty impressive to build on from from Nixie that he had last year. Yeah, it's an amazing team. Like some of their scrimmages would be awesome <laughs> yeah, to watch. Yeah. You know, they're five on fives. I'm sort of thinking the starters would get beaten a few they times could, yeah, there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah really, um, really interesting squad he's put together. I mean, Nasai Williams, you're correct in every 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 word you say. You know, watching the back end of a WNBL season there, she had had some really good minutes and done done well. Uh, Brittany Hodges, uh, just a rebounding machine. You know, so yeah, I would they would be the side that I would probably probably have as as the champions. I yeah. mean Charles Nix in his second season with the Wolves would be all the all the better. Yep. Um there'd be a little bit of pressure involved there I'd think with mm-hmm. that squad. Sure. But um no they're, they're the number one for me. Yeah, I mean because the players you mentioned are just the additions they still had coming back. Michaela Perini, Chelsea Belcher, Amy Kidner probably wouldn't have quite got back from her, her knee reconstruction this year, but she's someone that will be back for next season, um, Isabel Miotti um, and jo- Georgia Dennehy as well. 
Um, and Amberland, who we did mention, it's, it's almost too many players to have on a, on a roster. It would have been really tough for him to, to juggle the minutes. Yeah, Amy Kidner, that was a big loss for, for them last year. You speak about Carla Steindl, you know, um, not being there. Amy Kidner's such an effective player for that for that side. So, yeah, th- their depth is ridiculously mm. good. Like I said, their scrimmages would be good <laughs> to watch. Yeah, they, they would be. And by the sounds of it, they probably are scrimmaging right now as we record this. So if anyone can jump into Joondalup Stadium and have a look... It's probably worthwhile. Um, the last team we'll have a look at for this week, Calamunder Eastern Suns. They probably never look like they've got great depth on paper, but Tom Knowles has done a really good job now for, for a couple of years getting them to back-to-back playoff playoff campaigns. It seems like when they get to the playoffs, they get some, some bad luck. Certainly two years ago when they played Lakeside, they were decimated by, by injury, but they still find a way to be, be competitive. Um, Losing Jenny Rintala, who's been there, their heart and soul type player for the last last few years, is is going to hurt. But yeah, I mean they've still got a lot of lot of good talent there. Tom obviously knows what he's doing as a coach. They've got a new import, Maria Blazajewski, who you know you would imagine would have been somebody that put up big numbers. Yeah, I mean you, any team under Tom at the Suns, you know, is always going to going to give give their all. Yeah, well, um, you know they seem to be always around the around the mark. They're sitting, you know, seventh or eighth yeah. or whatever. I think last season, what what hurt Kalamunda is having Katie Yun come in late. Um, she was a good player, but just didn't quite have enough time. Yeah, I think she only maybe come in game ten or something like that. And I'm sure if she was here for the start of the year, they would have got more wins, would have pushed them higher, you know, mm. and and given them probably a, a little better chance. And you know, facing number one or number two. I notice, you know, with Rintalia gone, yes, you know, great player for the Calamander Eastern Suns, but maybe they just needed a different dynamic or a different yeah. structure. So sure. it mightn't be a bad thing. Um, I always found with Calamunda that they sort of lacked a little bit of offensive rebounding power. Yep. Um, yep. So, you know, if I see they've got young Beige Harris there from the, the southwest. Yep. Um, she's a bit of a, a, a good rebounder. Yep. So that'll definitely help. And they still got Jewel Williams there. Yeah, Jewel um, Williams and Lauren Jeffers in the backcourt. I, I like that backcourt. It's dynamic backcourt. Uh, they've got uh, Georgia Adams, of course, who's yep. who had a good uh, improving season. So I reckon Tom would be looking to hopefully, you know, a little higher than the eighth but um yeah like i say tom's a good coach and that they're an interesting team um so i'd probably have them sitting around six or seven yeah yeah i, yeah, I think you're pretty pretty much right looking at those four teams that we have looked at i would say calamander i would have probably somewhere around that six or seven mark i'd have i'd have coburn probably fighting for eighth you know somewhere between eighth and, and tenth east perth probably still finish in the bottom two, but if you can improve from one win to, if we're in a full season, if you can improve to six or seven, it's a big jump. If we're mm. having a season where you play each other once and we're playing, oh, that would be 11 games. If they can win three games, I think that's a that, yep. that, that would be a, a big plus. And I think it's almost championship or bust for the Wolves with that squad that they've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've got to set realistic goals with, with, with both Coburn and East Perth. Um, like you say, the Wolves are going for it. And, and Calamunda, they just... Um, they need to just try and place themselves a little higher in the yeah. in the mix. Uh, you know, finishing seventh and eighth, you're just putting yourself under too much pressure to mm. go up against the one and one and twos every year. So there's the first four teams we'll we'll look at. We'll do four more next week, including the Mandurah Magic. Um, now we've all already declared our championship favourites with eight teams to go. That, that, let's hope we haven't upset too many people just yet, Randy. I think the you know the other teams like I say we can throw a blanket over a, a few of them you know your Perry Lakes and your Manders and Lakeside and you know who are still to come so yeah we can have an in- interesting conversation with with the upcoming teams.
Okay, Randy, here on the final segment of SBL Shootaround for our second episode, and it's been a big show. We've we've had a we've had some breaking news thanks to our very first special guest, Dion D'Agostino, about the competition that he's preparing for. We'll see if, if we get any sort of confirmation about that officially coming out coming out soon. Because right now, I think it's it's a competition that the teams might be preparing for in the dark, and <laughs> the public knows nothing nothing about. But as far as the first guest went, um, I, I'm pretty happy with with, with Dion. Yep, yep, same here. Um, you know, um, great to talk to an old teammate, and um, you know, look forward to seeing what they do again. You know, whether they can um, back it up. Talking about the teams that we're going to throw out a blanket over, you know, we they're definitely one of them as well. Well, especially with that backcourt with with Michaela Dyer and and, and Stacey Barr. Stacey Barr, yeah, that's pretty impressive. And then you got you know Sam Roscoe as part of the front court too. So now, in terms of special guests, we've already organised our special guests for next week, and if we're talking about players in the SBL. Um, and players in the WNBL and players for, for Australia. We can't go much better than who we're going to be speaking to next week. Yeah, well, next week's show, we're going to have Darcy Garvin on board to have a chat, which I'm really excited about, find out where she's at at the moment with the with both her WNBL and, and the Opals, and then, you know, obviously talk about the, the championship she's won with, with Rockingham, and, you know, um, yeah, it'd be really interesting. Yeah, including last year, um, part of the reigning champions, champions last year at, at the Flames. We'll talk more about her next week, obviously, Randy, but just quickly. What was she like to coach against? She must have been a been a nightmare. Yeah, she she was. She was an absolute nightmare because she was, um, you know, she'd take somebody inside and use her height and her post moves, and then mm. you know she could drill a three on you at any time. You know, particularly when she was trailing. You know, you had Bourne and Whitcomb shooting down the court, yeah. and you're trying yeah. to stop them, and all of a sudden Darcy rolls along and they feed her, and she whacks a three. And yeah. so yeah, no, she was she's tough as. Now, been a very enjoyable show, Randy, and hopefully if anyone's got any feedback, got any questions, get in touch with us. Just type in SBL Shootaround on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and we'll be we'll be more than happy to hear from you. But if anyone also wants to partner us up here and become a sponsor and, you know, you might want to take on the naming rights of the show, you might like a segment in particular and you might want to take ownership of that yourself. We'd be more than happy to, to speak to anybody because we, as we said last week, we're not here to make money out of this, but we just want to partner up with some companies, hopefully help you out and hopefully keep this show going because so far two shows, two shows in, Randy, we're having a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been great. It's been really good. And what I'm sort of hoping is um, people can get on board uh, next week and, you know, they know that we got Darcy on board. So um, let's fire some questions at Darcy and, you know, also make it a bit of fun. And yeah, that'd be, that'd be really good. Yeah, absolutely. So big thanks to Dion D'Agostino for joining us this week. Really looking forward to speaking to Darcy Garvin. We'll hear more from Randy Meagle as well. We'll have four more women's SBL teams to, to dissect as well and plenty more to talk about. So thanks for joining us on another episode of SBL Shootaround. And I'm Chris Pike. I'll sign off and leave you in the capable hands of Randy Meagle. Yeah, thanks very much, Chris. Another good show. Um, just hope everyone has a great week. Obviously, the restrictions are being lifted. So, you know, this week, make sure you go out and support the local businesses. Be safe. And, um, yeah, we'll speak to you next week.